Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Heart to Heart podcast with me, Aparna. And today I have a, a new but dear friend, uh, a wonderful man. He is definitely one of my angels in this lifetime. And I want to introduce you all to Dr. Joel Kahn. He is funny. He's a cardiologist. He's crazy. And he's so magnanimous and so generous and helpful to so many people. He's written many books and he's going to tell us all about it. And although he's been on many TV shows and podcasts, I want to, I want to delve a little bit into the man that Dr. Joel Kahn is. I want to know what makes him tick, what makes him happy, and why is he so jolly and generous always. So I want to welcome Dr. Joel Kahn. Thank you so much for being here. I'm blushing. I can't talk. <laughs> I'm so blushed. I'm I've got blush, blushosity, blushicity, blush excess. I'm blushful. That was yes. very kind of you. But and I, you, are, you are blissful as well. And I'm totally dressed up because I thought this was a video interview. So I also can't breathe because my tie is so tight. So I'm going to loosen that up a little bit. But you look good, though. Well, that's all, yeah, that's you're what the person in the universe other than the angels that surround you, which I can see because I have special <laughs> angel vision. Um, so tell us, tell us why you chose to go into cardiology. Why is this such a passion for you? Your whole life is about it. You have a restaurant, a food truck, your uh, longevity center, books, just everything you, you do is around the health of the heart. There's a few reasons. We'll start with the simple ones. When you're a cardiologist, you don't deal with mucus. That was very important to me as a doctor. Number two, when you're a cardiologist, you don't deal with stool. That was my second rule, okay? I identified that very early. Number three, you don't deal with delivering waterfall babies. Very early in my career, I said, this is a water sport, not a natural event. Okay. Then I had a kind of, I could have been a plastic surgeon with those rules. But I did actually, the reality is I had a heart murmur as a baby. I had a little catheterization when I was one years old. I don't remember. But I went to a pediatric cardiologist every year. He was a cool guy, except for the Marlboro in his hand when he examined me, which is true. He carried a cigarette. And um, early in life, I just was around that. I had no doctors in the family. Um, but it kind of impressed me. And then, and so I, you would have asked me when I was 14 or 15, I wanted to be a cardiologist or a rabbi or a furniture salesman. That's for another podcast. Um, <laughs> And I found out actually being a cardiologist, you can be a little bit of a rabbi because you do deal with people's life and pains and victories and life cycles. I go to funerals, you know, I don't officiate at funerals, but I go to funerals. Not too many because my patients do exceptionally well. I had a patient die this month, but he was 101 years old. That's an advertisement for my medical care. Oh, wow. That's I actually was fine till one hour before that moment. So he is a very full life. And um, you can be a little bit of a furniture salesman because honestly, I have to sell people on lifestyle. I have to actually sell people that their life is worth considering healthy habits, healthy change, you know, that they're of value. People think, you know, either they're not thinking or they don't think they're of enough value to do the right thing. So it's been a long journey, but you're right. There's um, a tremendous, I've been doing cardiology since 1986 officially. Uh, that's a lot of years, and I think I love it more than, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. It's so fascinating. The human body is so fascinating. What's going on in medicine is so fascinating. Forget all the junk, the good stuff, the helping people 
the understanding human biology, the mind-body connection, um, simple tools to help people. So yeah, a lot of enthusiasm, no bitterness about the path I took. So beautiful. And I've spent some time with you here and there, and I've found that even though you're so busy, uh, you'll be texting, you'll be emailing, but there's a kind of a very like a graceful ease about you. Like you're not like, oh my God, I have so many things going on. And oh, you're not, you don't have that angst about you. And I know you're always traveling and you see patients at a couple of different offices. You teach, you have a family, you have a restaurant, you have another restaurant coming, you have a food truck, and I don't know what else I missed, which other project you have going. How do you manage to remain in this like harmonious, fairly blissful state of being? How do you do that? Do you know what Tom's is, T-O-M-S? Uh, no. The shoe it's company? Called, the deodorant. Stands for, stands for terrified of missing shit. T-O-M-S. <laughs> so truly, that's actually, there is some truth to that. There's so much going on. And I don't think we need to fit into a cubbyhole. So, I mean, although I do wear a lot of hats, I really do try and take extremely good care of patients. I'm a university professor, speaking in Ann Arbor tomorrow night, speaking at Wayne State University School of Medicine on Thursday. Next week, it's Oakland University School of Medicine, Beaumont. You know, I, I wear a lot of hats. Um, I'm also not, I don't feel any longer confined that I can't also be on TV and a little zany, as long as the communication is ultimately of some way of value and the messages in some way about waking people up and helping them and putting them on a path to feel, you know, I'm very grateful. And that is really the root. Grateful. I have good health. I have a great wife. I have a great family. Um, I've had a crazy career with some decisions that seem very difficult about leaving a practice or changing my orientation or some investments, you know, that were crazy. But nonetheless, at the end of the day, I'm a hard worker as you are. Uh, I'm willing to reinvent and there is just a lot of energy and joy and appreciation and gratitude and you know you've got to grab all the juice you can out of life because you just don't know I'm well aware that every time I click that seatbelt on or you know uh, go on an airplane I mean there's a bit of awareness that life is fragile I think a doctor maybe knows that more than most doesn't always live that way if doctors really you know appreciated it they would take exquisite care of themselves I got interviewed by the New York Times today, we'll see if they publish it, about an article on how doctors take care of themselves. And you know, there's 18 different things I do um, in a busy schedule. I mean, I sleep, I eat, I infrared sauna, I do yoga, I meditate, I do gratitude, I, uh, I don't know, I laugh, I uh, listen to uplifting spiritual, usually uh, curtain music. I mean, there's a lot of things. And uh, that's all to hope to keep this path going, which is really driven by the idea I have knowledge. I see a need. I want to share it. I like to share it with the largest audience possible. Uh, and uh, I pursue a million zany things uh, and odd things. I was at a, the world's largest food show in Los Angeles this weekend, but I did a book signing talking about plant-based health for hundreds and hundreds of people that lined up. I mean, there's all different, you know, paths. And yeah. uh, only one is in the office. That's a very special, almost holy one to talk about people uh, on a personal level and get inside their lives and share, you know, uh, some things they probably don't share with most people, but, um, but in every other facet. And I just, the only thing I carve out for sure is try to get about seven hours sleep at night because 
I need to rejuvenate myself and be ready to go at it again. I abuse that once in a while, but not too often. Yeah, I, I have also noticed, you know, there's a, maybe because you're a doctor, and I, but I also think it's your personality. There's just sort of a genuine care about whoever's in front of you. You haven't even met my children, but you always ask about them. Yeah, well. And those are things I think that keep a person healthy. And when you're in the company of a person like that, it, it's so uplifting. It's actually really good for your heart. <laughs> I think, you know, your heart, I mean, from the Ayurvedic standpoint, you know, the heart is the seed of your consciousness. It's the seed of your joy and your love and your, where the feminine part of you and the masculine part of you come together. And there's this explosion of creativity and a feeling of there's no separation between you and the rest of the world. And how do you rejuvenate that? How do you keep your heart, your emotional heart, your physical heart healthy and happy and blissful? How do you do that with your busy schedule? Yeah, it is, um, you know, I, I try and limit negative, uh, you know, CNN, constantly negative news. I try and, you have to be of the world. You have to know what's going on, but you don't have to surround yourself in that exclusively. So I do limit what goes in that's negative. Um, I can tell you about what's going on in Washington and Korea and other places, but don't ask me to talk for hours. I'd rather put in some positive, whether it's music, podcasts, uh, people, uh, you know, family. So I, I, am, I am mindful about that time and uh, it's, uh, what the dosing is, what the, what the balance is between negative and positive. Um, I do take time for myself to take some time to be quiet and meditate in gratitude. Uh, and it can be short, but it's there every day. Um, and it's really also just the joy of life and feeling on a journey, feeling on a hunt. And they say people with purpose, you know, will get things done and uh, feel very much on a path. Um, you know, one of which is to prevent heart attacks and wake people up to both the risk and the path to identify that and change their lives and never have one. Some of it is appreciation of world and animal kindness and the path that uh, food and your plate, your plate can be a kind plate and a, uh, peace begins in the kitchen. And I do firmly believe that, which is why I talk about that in my practice. I talk about that in the public. I have restaurants that are an experiment on uh, peace in the kitchen. And it's really in the restaurant, we really insist. It's not just that we have a peaceful plate of plant-based food, but our relationships with the staff and the kitchen and each other, we try and teach peacefulness because whether you believe talking and being kind to your food embodies it with some special soul and spirit or just respect for one another. And truly the restaurant business, which I've been in with my wife, my son for about two and a half years in, you know, in a city of Ferndale, Michigan, that's known and proud of its diversity has been wonderful. It's got me around uh, more people of different uh, you know, background and origin and diversity than I've ever had. And it's just great. So, uh, you know, I'm just growing and growing and growing. And I think we all are. I know you are. And grateful to be around, you know, when I took about three seconds when I met you last year to say, whoa, there's a light that has landed in Detroit, oh, an unidentified you. fine object, a UFO, <laughs> and I need to introduce you around. And I'm, you know, it took about three seconds to find you a couple like-minded people that I'm glad you've been able to bond with and feel For more. For sure. And, you know, I had never heard of you and obviously you had never heard of me, but 
my dear friend in Santa Barbara somehow has heard of you and he said, you have to go meet him. Oh, that's right. I forgot that. And I said, okay, I, I've never been afraid to just cold email somebody or cold call people and right. say, yeah, I'd like to meet you. So, um, yeah, and I'm the, I'm the odd bird that usually says fine green space to, you, you know, tonight. And yeah. And I showed up and I mean, yeah. I know you were talking to some other guy, you were helping him with his diet and yeah. Um, I have that doctor is in five cent sign, you know, like uh, Lucy and Venus. <laughs> But, um, you know, I, I do believe that sometimes, not sometimes, often people come into your lives, uh, into our lives, and they just, oh. they're, it's a, they're a gift to you somehow. We don't know. Oh. Like, we can't fathom oh, how. So believe that. So believe that. Yeah. yeah. Even Kavita and I, you know, so you introduced me to Kavita Chinen, and we talk about how I said the first thing he said when he saw my website was that, do you know Kavita Chinen? You guys are going to be best friends. And you immediately texted her and I. Yeah. That was the first thing you did. And she said, oh my gosh, he's so right. He knew. Yeah. Well, that, that is, you know, that gives me great joy. And there's nothing that you expect or want in return. Although the lunches you make are about the most amazing. <laughs> uh, thank yeah. you. You can never okay. ask for it. I've had the pleasure of eating your food a couple Yes, a, occasionally I, I take lunch for, for Dr. Khan when he's seeing patients near my house at his other office. And it's very quick, but it's so nice to be there, even if it's for half an hour and just uh, hear you say a few funny things and we laugh and eat and then it's all done and I leave. Thank you, thank you. So um, tell us about your restaurants. You have Green Space. I've been there. It's a great place. It's beautiful, great energy, great food, really clean food. And you have another one, a fast casual one that you're opening in Royal Oak. Is that correct? Yeah, Royal Oak, Michigan in about two to three weeks. But, um, you know, the nidus was, I grew up in a family business, uh, furniture retail. It still is a very big business in Detroit run by my sister and her husband. Um, I saw something very special about a family business working with my parents, uh, sometimes my siblings, their employees, but I took a different path and medical practice isn't usually much of a family business. And I love my children. I love my oldest son, Daniel. We started talking about four years ago. He had an MBA, but it's a little bored crunching numbers and uh, we'd have a little tiny side business together and uh, it just steamrolled and now is joined in very much so by my wife, Karen. But so it ended up without going into it from a little idea to now a 4,000 square foot restaurant that in the summer with the patio seats 140 people with a full bar, hundreds and hundreds of people on a busy night. And it's quite a undertaking and uh, been clearly a positive event despite everybody's knowledge that the restaurant business financially is a tough one. There's no doubt about oh, it. Yeah. Um, we've made such an impact on not just the local community, but other restaurants have responded and they've offered and I, we're living by the motto that, you know, a rising tide lifts all. So we help other places. Hopefully they view us as a good addition to the community, a food truck, but then we'll open this fast casual because not everybody can sit down to an elegant, you know, hour and a half, two hour meal, um, and celebrate a big birthday or a wedding anniversary. So. Uh, people are on the run, but we want to live by the statement and make it easy to do the right thing, um, make it the easy thing, and uh, we'll raise people's health. So we have very healthy, fast, casual, and 
taking a little risk. This is all risk-based, but um, I know I've taken risks before leaving, reinventing, investing, and some have fallen flat on their face, but uh, that's the nature of, you know, energy and entrepreneurial spirits, and uh, we're quite optimistic. So it's, it'll be, it we'll welcome you there in, I don't know, a few weeks. Um, you can bless us with your kindness and grace, and, uh, and hopefully the rest of the community around there will do the same. Um, well, you know, why food? I mean, food is just so central. It's so divisive at times. All you got to do is try and understand social media, and I can give you the name of one website with 13 different food philosophies, and they don't coexist very well. We, we do need to not only bring that piece on the plate, begins in the kitchen, uh, idea to the very food you're eating, but also our relationships with other health experts. I've tried most of the time to reach out to the other camps, whether they have titles like paleo or ketogenic or Mediterranean or DASH diet or macrobiotic, because there is so much in common. We know America is suffering from an overload of too many calories and too many processed junk calories. They're tasty. They have food scientists. They've trapped us. We're on the run. There are government subsidies. It's like the perfect storm to make America sick, obese, and uh, dependent on medication. We're seeing all that. And the only way, you can't fix a foodborne medical problem with a prescription drug. You can temporize it. You can't fix it. You can only fix a foodborne medical problem by fixing the food. So I can only do a little bit by lecturing, writing books, writing articles, and really getting into the food industry now, which I am. Um, but a little bit of help is if everybody does a little bit, we'll have a lot going on and you do your part. I do my part and many others do their part. So, uh, just, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very revolutionary. You know, I mean, I, I don't know about, um, the history of doctors and food in the U S but I would imagine they didn't really focus on it very much. You know, and there's a couple Harvey Kellogg Kellogg's <laughs> was actually, you know, a food based decision to, uh, add whole grains, and and that's a Detroit, not a Detroit, but a Michigan company kind of story. That was a health sanatorium a couple hours outside of Detroit. There's, I'm sure, more examples uh, than that. But it's, you know, the knowledge base of mind and body and spirit and food as a source of information is, you know, sadly deficient in the medical community and divisive. And I see a lot of light and a lot of progress, but it's just slow moving uh, change that's occurring, but it is occurring. It will. Well, I, I get asked that by the New York Times today in a question, you know, and I said, what needs to happen is a payer system that rewards educating doctors in lifestyle, nutrition, and fitness, and mind-body, and meditation, and then actually change the reimbursement to reward, you know, practitioners that teach that, as well as reducing the, um, the high deductible and such. As somebody who's actually going to yoga eating plant-based, um, uh, yeah. getting sleep, if you can quantify this, should, should have a better life insurance, not only life insurance, but health insurance premium than the person that isn't. It's not to be pay a penalty or be uh, cruel to that person, but we have to have people take more responsibility and not just end up in an emergency room. But there's so much education from medical students to doctors and nurses to PAs to the public, the public uh, mainly. Everybody wants to feel better. They just don't understand that for most of us, it's right in front of us. It's just a little bit of education and grab onto it and be willing to change. So I like to change. That's why I write books. I've written five books you asked. I wrote a book called Your Whole Heart Solution, published about three years ago by 
Reader's Digest, actually. It became a national public television show that was quite successful. It's available in paperback on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles, not very expensive, your whole art solution. It's kind of an integrated primer. There's chapters on meditation, chapters on yoga, chapters on vitamins, chapters on nutrition, a little bit on veganism, not a lot. Then I wrote a short little book called The No BS Diet, just if you had 30 minutes to read something inexpensive. And then I wrote an important book called Dead Execs Don't Get Bonuses. Kind of a crazy title. It's on paperback. And actually, three years later, it's being picked up by a publisher. I self-published it, but the title has driven. It's really a primer, how to take care of yourself so you don't have a heart attack. But it's very technical. Order this. Ask for that. This is what this means. This is why a stress test may not do it. And it's really a little knowledge base, a one-hour lecture on in a book form about how to be sure you're not just another person at a company that ends up being an obituary because uh, you didn't know that there was a way to detect and reverse heart disease. I wrote a fourth book with two women called Vegan Sex that also was self-published about a year ago, but it's also been picked up by a real publisher because of its success, and it's going to be coming out in maybe a month uh, in a hardcover and uh, revitalized. It's mainly recipes and life journeys to good solid relationships and a little bit from my part on the medical aspects of plant-based nutrition and uh, health in general sexual health specifically and then the fifth one it's called the plant-based solution that came out january 2018 it's a short little book on the medical benefits of eating a largely or completely plant diet along with a bunch of recipes from my kitchen my wife our restaurant uh, I don't write long books because I know everybody's got a, you know, a small amount of time and the amount yeah. of book readers already is, is too small, but uh, it's available on Kindle and audio and such. So anyways, that's the library for now. There may be one more book. I've got all kind of sorted out, but I'm going to wait about a year before I write it. Nice. Well, as I hear you speak, you know, I just want to say that there are so many of us, so many people who are focused on their own self-interest, meaning that they just want to make their money. They just want to have their good life and, you know, just take care of their immediate family and their immediate life as it is. And what I find so inspiring about you is that you're thinking about the big picture and you, I, I know that you are influential in changing the world of not only how cardiology is practiced by bringing all these integrative aspects of it, but also as a restaurant owner, like really standing in the food industry, standing in the midst of it and being an influence and being a change maker and uh, being a force of change for, for, for all of society, for people, whether they're your patients or your customers at the restaurant. And I think that it's, uh, it's so needed, and I'm so glad you're doing it this way, even though sometimes I wonder how you do all of it at the same time. Um, no, you're right. And, you know, either you're part of the solution or you're part of the problem would be, you know, a somewhat blunt way to talk about it. And, um, and really, anybody listening... You know, there are things you can't correct by a yoga pose, uh, by a good night's sleep, and by a uh, um, bowl of beans, rice, and turmeric. I mean, there are just things, that, some things that's not going to take care of. There are 
you know, unfortunate accidents or, you know, birth and congenital abnormalities. Um, there are people doing the right thing and still illness uh, affects them for whatever reason, but for the majority, and those are, those need to be addressed and those are need to be loved on. But for the majority of us, we really can do such a dramatic, dramatic, um, self-care journey. Um, if we just, you know, think about down the road, I mean, life is so much minute to minute and sometimes it requires it. Sometimes the pocketbook requires, you know, minute to minute management and there are crises going on with children or elderly parents or own lives or relationships that require, you know, kind of a focus, what's going to be in an hour. But, you know, some of us plan a vacation in a year and spend hours and hours doing research and, um, and, uh, you know, excited talk, but, you know, think about if in a year from now or two years from now, you could be at the weight goal you'd like and weight isn't the only thing. And I'm not body shaming, but sometimes weight is a measure of overall health. Not always, but, uh, uh, and anyways, what if you could be, you know, off two, three medications and wake up in the morning and feel energetic and, you know, uh, hardly need a doctor, maybe not at all, which I think is a very real goal for a lot of people. And it's going to come about by five, six, seven simple self-care steps a day, of which probably a good night's sleep and eating exquisitely careful and largely plant-based uh, with amazing spices from India is uh, <laughs> probably, you know, the key, but you know, um, people need to believe that they can actually take care of their own health. People need to believe who to follow to take care of their own health. And um, uh, people need to have some trust in their medical doctor for sure, but not on lifestyle. On lifestyle, you can, you know, I have people watch a couple, you know, movies online and read a book or two. And generally, they come back six months later and like they're new people. They're 40 pounds down and they no longer need blood pressure, blood sugar, blood cholesterol medication, and really just revolutionary change that never really occurred because of the medical system occurred because we, we know what we need to do. We just need a group to do it with. Yeah. In Detroit, we have this great plant-based support group. Your podcast is a group of people to uh, support each other and, you know, your work. Um, uh, and, you know, just uh, there's a statement, if you want to walk fast, walk alone. If you want to walk far, walk together. So if you got a lifelong journey, find some people like-minded and walk with them. That's an Indian quote, actually. Is it? No, that's an African quote. Okay. That's an African quote. The Indian quote I use all the time is, um, a person with good health has a thousand dreams. A person with poor health has only one dream. That's at least attributed as Ooh. an Indian quote. It could be 1.2 billion people. Somebody said it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So it, nice it, it makes you think for a minute about appreciating your good health and that ability to give you a thousand dreams, which for sure, you like you have in life. And I feel like I have a thousand dreams in life too. So here's a very personal question. So when you're 90 and you're sitting at home, you've retired, you've done, you know, you feel like you've done a lot of your work and I'm sure you'll still be working knowing you, how would you, how would you like to be seen by people who've known you for 20, 30, 40, 50 or more years? Like, if they were to talk about you, they would say, oh, Joel Kahn, he is this, this and this. Like, how, how would you like to be, how do you see yourself like by the time you're 90? Like, what, what? Sometimes I think about that, you know, um, some people say in you know, a write your eulogy or, 
one of my favorite movies, Zoolander. He kept calling it your Yuguglia. And I tell my kids that. I said, remember that for my Yuguglia. Uh, <laughs> I let you go and follow your path and supported you and proud of where you are now. Um, and hopefully 90 won't be my Yuguglia, but, you know, it could be. That's a good range of life in terms of today's uh, opinion, but I don't think it'll be considered necessarily the, the unlengthy lifespan in 30 years, actually, when I hit 90. Um, I, you know, I think words, passion, uh, purpose, love, um, uh, giving, I mean, those were, you know, and, and uh, made his own path. I don't know if I want you know, it to be Frank Sinatra, I did it my way, because I did it my way, but not just for me, I did it my way to reach the largest audience uh, and the biggest uh, impact I could have. Um, I don't know if it's Don Quixote ch chasing windmills because they're, they're not fake windmills. What I'm chasing is real, real people suffering, real people having real problems, uh, real health issues, people having shortened lifespans that um, could be avoided um, and disrupting you know, relationships and families. So it's the real deal. It's not a windmill. But something in between all that, um, you know, man on a mission. Beautiful. So beautiful. So inspiring. Thank you so much for uh, being here today and taking your precious time with me to answer all my questions. So tell us one more time, Green Space in Ferndale and what's the new place called? Yeah, it's called Green Space and Go at 14 and Woodward and Royal Oak. And anybody who wants to find all this stuff, I have a website, drjoelkahn.com, but that's D-R-J-O-E-L-K-A-H-N. Com, and there's a link to the restaurants and my clinic and articles and books and all that stuff. I have to link it to your amazing oils that you're making too. So people can find them. That's what I have to do tonight is take some oil and warm it up. And Yes, please and, do. And, uh, and just treat just, myself to that yes. great uh, path that you're following now. Yes. And um, just so everybody knows, I will post the link to Dr. Khan's website in the description box so you won't have to search for it it will be right there for you to click on thank you can i take my tie off soon yes you can <laughs> <laughs> anyway dr khan thought that this was going to be videotaped but it's audio so sorry about that i should have told no, it's all good it's uh it's it i i you know you want to, no, that's an old joke I won't tell, but it's, you know, I want to derive the occasion so dressing up uh, brings out the best in people. So. Yes, for that's sure. Thank, thank you to your thank wonderful you so audience. Much. Thank okay. you so much for being here and I will see you again soon for lunch. Absolutely. Thank Namaste. you for being here. Namaste. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.